Some men do say King Arthur is not dead, but by the will of our Lord Jesus sleeps, yet to awake, deathless, and reassure us, and therefore is it, that grave where he is laid, this legend hath, that still his kingdom keeps. Gather round all you hums of Camelot, cuz It's your boys in the back to rock the spot The podcast about Merlin season three And on the mics tonight's your Chris and Jeremy And they're here to break down every episode So leave those five stars and click that download Enjoy the show, whether you're chilling or working So let's jump into season three of Merlin, cuz Still his kingdom keeps Still his kingdom keeps Still his kingdom keeps Excalibur in the streets and magic in the sheets, huh? I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm skeleton combat expert Chris Mosier. And this is Still His Kingdom Keeps, a creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I, or excuse me, skeleton combat archer Chris Mosier. SCE, yes. And I uh, cover every single episode of the TV show Merlin, and we are at the beginning of season three. Uh, we've got a new theme song. We we hadn't heard it last week, but this week we've heard it. It's good. Jake raps. This week we've heard it. It's good. Yeah, that's it's, actually that's actually me. That's actually that's me not rapping. you rapping. That is our good friend Jake Lionheart. <laughs> go to jakelionheart.bandcamp.com to go listen to all of Jake's cool shit. He's done a bunch of music for us over the years, uh, but he's also just done a bunch of cool music. If you're into D and D at all, mm-hmm. and you need D and D tunes, like he's he's got the hookup for you. Um, and if you have a podcast, you can just pay him to make a rap for you. He'll just do it. He's, yeah. and he's good at it. Yeah, it's crazy. Just, yeah, he years and years ago when i tried to do an anime podcast that went nowhere jake made like my favorite like intro to anything ever i still have it i'm never gonna use it but i just fucking love it it's really good i remember listening to that anime podcast once and going i don't like anime what am i here for i don't like that. what am i doing i like chris a lot but i don't like chris anime podcast enough what's henty um anyway what's a yego face and why does chris keep making it <laughs> Hey, Chris. Last time on Merlin? Are we thanking the patrons? Patrons, patrons thank you thank for, you supporting, for these supporting these kind us. of conversations. This is what you came to the party for, and this is what we're delivering on your Merlin, your BBC Merlin podcast. Patreon.com slash Monster of the Week is the place to go to do that. You get episodes of this podcast early. You get access to our swinging Discord server. Just realized that that's not probably not a good yeah. acronym or adjective nowadays. Uh, it's, it's, oh, it's, sure, it's sure, a cool sure, spot. Sure. <laughs> uh, it's a cool spot. It's a cool spot. You should come hang out. Uh, Chris. It's a cool spot. What's been happening what's on Merlin? We ended in the middle of an episode last week. I couldn't believe it. Last time on Merlin, get, get a load of this. Morgana returned to Camelot after a year of being kidnapped, Uh-oh. air quotes. But little do they know that she is working with more ghosts to bring about Uther's doom. What else is new? Uther is slowly driven mad by a goopy mandrake under his pillow. More, go- more ghosts joins up with the king with King Senred to invade the kingdom, and Merlin, tied down and about to be killed by scorpions, called him the dragon for one last favor. It's true. I don't know if Arthur was doing anything. I feel like he was just sort of fretting about and and Morgana was giving Gwen a lot of attitude, so they uh, they weren't as important. Last Arthur episode. was looking down uh, and realizing that he was going to have to take control of the kingdom, uh, even though his father yeah. was alive, and he was struggling with both the idea of responsibility and both the uh, the internal failures of Uther, uh, having never seen his father be weak before. So he was he was pretty busy, um, but he was he, you know, his da- Uther was incontinent too, which was a lot. That's a lot, yeah. And I, nobody can ask Quinn for that. She does so much already. She, that's just you got to get a different like, servant for that. Do not ask me this of me. <laughs> do not ask this of me, please, my my prince. We are covering Merlin season three, episode two, "The Tears of Uther Pendragon," part two. Uh, this 
TV description, this episode description is going to sound very familiar because it's exactly the one from last week because for some reason, oh, fascinating. various websites just think this is one episode. I'm sure it aired mm. at the same time. Like, I'm sure it like came out at the same day or whatever. Oh, do you think they got like an hour and a half block? Yeah, but also, BBC? but it's not like formatted that way. It's formatted as a standalone episode. So my, my inner pedant is just going crazy with like the wiki treating this as one episode because it's not. It's two fucking episodes. Yeah. Hey, <sighs> does, um, does British TV... Like broadcast, does that work the same as as American broadcast? You think where you typically you you have the standard thirty minute time slot, mm-hmm. which was usually like a, like a twenty three minute show with commercials, mm-hmm. or the hour long time slot, which is forty five minutes plus commercials. Um, I, I, is England the same? Yeah, at England, if you're listening, England. It's um, it's not because I'm pretty sure like there's very few there's certain channels like the BBC. I think doesn't have commercials. If I'm remembering right, oh, that's, there's like a that's weird dope. thing about like advertising or something. But I think like Channel Four has commercials or something. British people at us. We come across so, the Atlantic. Okay, come, yeah. come hang out and, British, and let us know British what's British up. people, do you have commercials for depression medication? No, they absolutely um. do not. It's always like anytime. I think it was our friend uh, Josh Garrity uh, that was saying that the reason that he was he came to the U.S. for some convention and he was like, I am at the hotel and I just casually turned on the TV and it is fucking terrifying about the ads for prescription drugs and all. All of their various side effects. Like this is disgusting, yeah. and I'm like, "Yep, I this agree." This may give you diarrhea and make you want to kill yourself. Oh, dude, it's weird. And all I want is the diarrhea, it's for, and it's for ear infections. And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> it's so weird. As somebody who like, uh, and it's one thousand dollars and not covered by insurance, but you'll die if you don't have it. I go out of my way to uh, kind of avoid commercials in my day to day life. So like, I download a lot of TV episodes, and it doesn't have commercials. And I still pay for like streaming services and things. So I'm not like a total loser about this stuff, but. Man, anytime I go to anybody's house and they're just watching TV and they just leave mm-hmm. a commercial on, I'm like, how do you live? Like, you've already seen this commercial yeah. seven times since I've been sitting here. How does this, how, 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 why? Why are you doing this to yourself? My, my dad watches almost all sporting events, like, recorded. He'll be 30 minutes behind on the baseball game or the football game because he's like, I'm not doing it. I'm not watching commercials. And I used to be like, dad. Because then, and then people would talk about the game or he'd hear it on the news and he'd be like, no, 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 turn that off. Um, and I used to be like, Dad, just watch the, just watch game. the game. But yeah. you know what? Man doesn't ever watch commercials, and I gotta respect it. Dude, sports is the worst, man. Like when we—that's yeah. one of the re- big reasons we got into soccer, however many years ago, because uh, we were hanging out at a bar in Phoenix because it was so fucking hot in Phoenix that we were like, we need to go somewhere where we don't have to pay for air conditioning. <laughs> um, and they had football on, and we were like, Nah, this is not really our thing. And the bartender was like, It's two o'clock on a Tuesday. Like, just put here's the remote. Like, I don't care what you do. Uh, but it was, you know, soccer is like 45 minutes no commercials a solid like 15 minute block which concludes commercials and like people talking about the game and then 45 minutes with no commercials no breaks whatsoever and that's perfect. i respect that yeah i respect it try watching like a ncaa football game like try to watch lsu tigers right now and it's a fucking horror show i hate it yeah between the third and fourth down there's gonna be four commercials it's ridiculous man like how like i just i just oh it drives me up the wall what are we talking about chris so anyway merlin last time we left him he was he was left tied up in the woods and he was stung by a giant scorpion and I know they have a name, but I'm, it's a giant fucking scorpion. It's a giant scorpion, yeah. Uh, he called upon the dragon to help him. So when we find Merlin, he's like waking up on the side of a cliff, right? Is This this is the opening, I think. Yes. And mm-hmm. um, the dragon is, is sitting there watching over him. And Merlin's like, whoa, dude, you showed up. That's That rules. And he's like, yeah, well, I mean, sort of commanded me. I kind of can't resist the call of the dragon lord. But anyway, um, Merlin says he's grateful. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're on like a bit there. They're in a better place now. Sure, he destroyed Camelot, but he was also imprisoned in Camelot. Merlin gets that. He understands. Um, 
the dragon is, is helping to heal him up of the, the scorpion poison, but, but Merlin's not ready to go anywhere just yet. It's funny because, um, just skipping it a little bit ahead, um, the dragon like tells Merlin like that his whole thing with Morgata um, is, like he, he learned a valuable lesson from this, which is like his innate desire to see the best in people uh, betrayed him, right? So he was trying mm. to see the best in Morgana. Morgana kind of didn't use it against him, but, you know, took advantage of that and to be a bad person. Meanwhile, the dragon is just scot-free on killing a bunch of people in Camelot. <laughs> <laughs> Berlin's like, thanks for rescuing me. All is forgiven. Yeah. Let's move on. No accountability there. No accountability whatsoever. It's because Merlin wants to see the best of people. Uh, we skip over to the castle where Arthur and Gaius are, are figuring out that Berlin is gone. Uh, Arthur is yelling a whole lot. Uh, Morgana is slipping through the stairs just being a sneaky, 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 sneak. Uh, yeah. She sees like Sirloin and the boys down the hall. Uh, so she like causes a distraction with some, some smoke. And then sneaks. Homegirl makes a smoke smoke bomb. It's fucking hilarious, dude. I love I love Morgana so much in this. I might because I don't have celebrity crushes, and I I try not to uh, talk about um, people in that way, especially celebrities, because I feel like we take advantage of that kind of public persona to a large degree. I might have a crush on Katie McGrath. <laughs> watching I know, Merlin. I know. Watching hey, Merlin. Hey, I don't know. <laughs> brother i know you do it's okay <laughs> also also have you seen bradley james because i might i might have an issue I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those, when i saw him bulking up a little bit i was like damn brother uh also i don't know angel colby uh Hmm. Mm. Tr- try not to be mm. thirsty on Maine right now, but Katie, <laughs> Angel, and Bradley, if you uh, want to be on the podcast, like, uh, I will evaporate myself into nothingness and then, you know, send you a link, I guess. <laughs> Google a cast of BBC Merlin abs. <laughs> I want to see all of their abs. Abs. Um, uh, anyway, res- respectfully. Uh, like parentheses, respectfully. Respectfully. <laughs> respectfully. Morgana p- places a smoke bomb. <laughs> and she sneaks into Uther's room uh, where Uther... Uther is not doing great. His eyes are wide open, but he's not seeing anything. Um, no. His, I, okay, it's his eyes. You said his eyes. I thought yes. you said his thighs. Is that whoa? <laughs> no, his eyes are wide open, just like whoa. the Creed song, Chris. Uh, not, yeah. not the bad Creed With song. With eyes they... wide open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, imagine them doing like a Christian version and a secular version of that song, and one's eyes and one's thighs. <laughs> yep. That's really good. Yep. yep. Um, <laughs> But she she is there to uh, squeeze on that mandrake root, uh, make it scream, oh, sure, sure, and, and make, yeah, sure, make yeah. it freak came, out. Yeah, mm-hmm. she came to tug on the mandrake. Um, that, that she talk, I unfortunately in my notes wrote, um, Uther is gone off that poppy. Oh, yeah, and Morgana comes to tug on that disgusting mandrake. Right, uh, it just sounds gross when you say it that way. Um, it sounds really gross when you say it that way. Merlin wakes Whoever up. wrote these notes? Is a <laughs> Merlin wakes up uh, and we get the conversation I mentioned earlier where he's yeah. kicking himself for not seeing Morgana, uh, seeing what was going to happen with Morgana and the dragon kind of reassured him that he's right. Uh, he says the Morgana is too far gone. She is the darkness to your light, the hatred to your love. Uh, this whole thing makes me angry. Uh, I just get so mad at all of this so much. I know. I know we're basing stuff on like real text and like histories and and stories that have been written for hundreds of years, but boy, all of this stuff makes me mad, Chris. Yeah, she's I, a person. Um, <laughs> she's not destined still, to darkness. She's not fucking Anakin it, Skywalker. <laughs> right. That's so what mad. they're trying to do here. They're trying to make it epic and big. You know. Um, as much as I have been thinking about how they just didn't, they just did, they mishandled it. And by mishandled, I just feels like they didn't drive it home enough. They didn't have enough situations where Morgana is given a choice and she chooses the wrong one. Yeah. 
because as we've said, she so often feels so justified in what she's doing. And of course, now now she's definitely crossing the line. Um, but regardless of the fact that they didn't necessarily do a good job of building her up as a villain, now that they just decided she is one, I'm loving it. I oh love yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love. Don't get me wrong. This does not affect my my love and joy at yeah. Morgana in general. I just also and like I, I love her as a villain a whole lot. Like her just going ham on all of these fools uh, or is extremely funny and great um merlin insists that he's ready to go back and the dragon's like but it's three days walk and he's like Duh, just give me a ride i did some math chris you ready yeah you want to do some math with me okay. yeah hit me with it's, the math it's three days ride uh-huh or three day, three days walk specifically says walk the average person walks at four miles an hour okay okay let's say that three days walk is like straight 72 hours so yeah. 72 times four that's you know 288 Am I doing that right? Yeah, yeah. So that's what am I doing here? <laughs> I've already forgotten my math. I did this four earlier. miles an hour times how many hours? Seventy two so times seventy two. Two hundred eighty eight miles, right? So let's okay. say you're even three hundred miles away from Camelot at this point, which is the farthest that anybody has ever been away from Camelot at this point that's, in the series. Yes, that's true. The dragon makes it. How fast do you think the dragon brings Merlin back? Uh, it's dark when he leaves, and it's dark when he gets there. So let's say like maybe two hours. Maybe. Let's let's conservatively say two hours. So that dragon is flying 150 miles per hour. Hell fucking yeah, he is, dude. <laughs> Air Force One up here, dude. He's breaking the fucking sound barrier up there, and Merlin is loving it. He's yeehawing yeah. up there. It's yeah. great. Oh, he's yeehawing. He's got the hat. He's riding like a, yeah. Um, he's all in. I like that. Um, so I know we, br- we briefly touched on what Morgana's darkness to his light, hatred to his love, right? We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then he, and then he goes, your destinies are intertwined. And Merlin's like, wait. That's sick. Um, <laughs> That's <okay>. so sick. <laughs> Wait, are you saying, like, are, are we hearing wedding bells in the future? He's like, no, I said that about you and Arthur, too, all right? He's like, yeah, yeah, That's I'm okay with either one of these. Like, yeah, I am yeah. totally down. Um, Merlin, yeah, the good ending is you choose Arthur for his husband, and, and the bad ending is you choose, or, oh, you know, good and evil, I'm sorry. It's not the bad ending, it's yeah, the evil yeah. ending. It's renegade and, par- and paragon, yeah. right? <laughs> if this were a video game, yes. Um, the dragon warns him, warns him that, hey, you're responsible for the future of Camelot. And then we uh, go to Merlin running into Castle, finding Gaius, waking him up, forcing him to get dressed, telling him that Morgana is responsible for everything. And then they go to Uther's room, uh, which is absolutely trashed. So since she's been squeezing that root, he's been freaking out and just running all over the place and trashing the room. And he's still incontinent. So picture (laughs) a man wearing like like an old-timey nightgown with no pants on socks but no pants uh-huh. and the nightgown just, down to his just, ankles mm. um and no underoos underneath and he's incontinent and he's smashing up the room throwing pots and pans around i don't know what the pots and pans were doing in there but um he's a mess the whole place is a mess and it smells like it too it's a whole situation in there uh merlin quickly or they look around they can't find uther at first and then they find he's at uh he's like just hiding in a corner terrified merlin goes over grabs mandrake roots burns he finds, it. he finds the privy there and i'm not i'm not you know. i'm not going down this joke with you chris i'm not and doing and this and anymore it's, it's spotless it's uh, absolutely spotless it's the you only it's like, literally really? the only place he didn't shit or piss everywhere but <laughs> all right joke's over i'm sorry um he he tosses it uh, in the fire it screams and then uther is able to relax a little bit uh gaius sees this as an opportunity and says you must rest and immediately gives him a sleeping drought where he's going to sleep for the is, next like, 48 hours does, does guys like always dealer or something like why he's pushing why? this on everybody every single per every single solution to every problem is go to sleep for three days <laughs> it's <Yeah>. ridiculous <laughs> and don't get me wrong I, a lot of my problems probably could be solved by just sleeping for three days or at least avoided sure. either one sure, uh, sure, sure. i could do either one 
Um, it's just like, uh, bro, you make a commission off these? Like, what what, is going, why are you pushing the poppy on everyone? It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Later, Merlin tells Uther, or tells Gaius that, hey, we got to tell Uther about Morgana. And, and Gaius is like, are you fucking stupid? Like, are absolutely not. He, she, he loves that chick. Like, he was Are just, you an oh, alien? Not. Because you're acting extraterrestrial right now. Are you a goblin? Are you a goblin pretending to be Merlin? That seems weird, but I've seen the, the, the preview for the next episode, and that's possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh. So Merlin says, well, like, okay, we can't just leave her out there because I know that there's more to this plan, which is where we go yeah. see. It what- wasn't just to make him incontinent. It was like where there's like a whole thing going on. And we then we cut over to Marcos, um, and she's she's scrying in her crystal, I believe, as, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. Senred marches his gigantic CGI army towards Camelot. Uh, but somebody else sees it too. Yeah, Sirloin. He's out in the woods with the boys on a camping trip. Man, I gotta like, say, oh, shit. <laughs> I made fun of you a little bit uh, for talking about how great Sirloin was, and then uh, found out very quickly when we made that joke on on the podcast that people like there was a little fandom, like people really, really got into Sirloin. I gotta say, <laughs> this dude throughout. The, so far has been instrumental in doing stuff on behalf of Camelot. <laughs> this episode especially, he is fucking everywhere and doing everywhere, everything. Dude. It is incredible. And that's, why, that's why I mentioned it that time because I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure this guy's like in every episode, so I gotta like call his name out now. <laughs> so they see the approaching army, rush back to the castle. Um, meanwhile, Merlin is the next morning. He's waking up Arthur the next day and finding that Arthur's room is trashed. Uh, and because Merlin never takes, never fails to take an opportunity for a little levity. Uh, we get this whole exchange about Arthur being mad because Merlin was gone for a day. He starts yelling and threatening to throw Merlin into a dungeon. And Merlin is like, oh, you haven't had your breakfast yet, right? And then Arthur responds, I'll have you for breakfast and starts yeah. throwing oh, things okay. at him. Good one. Good one, bro. Just a little bit of, just a little bit of rib cracking, rib, rib poking for yeah. this, you know, very serious just, episode of it's Merlin. It's like, <laughs> this is like this stereotypical, like, man without his wife. Like, it's been one day and Arthur's, like, life is a mess. It's fucking hilarious, dude. I love it so much. And I much. get, you know, he's grieving for his father. He's under the weight of a lot of responsibility. But it's been one day and this place has fallen to shit. Um, we switch over to Morgana, um, who is now watching Arthur and Merlin through the window. Uh, Morgana knows that Merlin should be dead, so this is very concerning for her. It's so concerning that she can barely pay attention to Gwen, who is just constantly asking her questions. Like, why are you in the curtains yeah. again? Where did this purple who drink you, come who from? Who are you texting? Who are you texting? Do I know them? Are we still going out <laughs> on Saturday? Gwen is kind of a like a like a hanger on to the party, you know, a real yeah, yeah, a, yeah, a real yeah. Carl, if you if you know what I'm saying. Yes, yes, and you know it's not her fault. It's just that's just how the you know that's how the royalty treats her sometimes. It's not cool. Shout out to like the five people that have listened to Thinking Face and also yeah. this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get the Carl joke. Yeah. Um, um. Morgana goes to see Uther uh, and very quickly realizes that the Mandrake rune is gone. Uh, and as she's looking, she's busted by Gaius who really thinks he did something. I think the kids say this, like, he really thought he ate this, I think, right? Is that the slang term for kids? I literally just told uh, you dude, I wouldn't uh, try to use slang terms anymore that I don't, now I'm doing I don't it. Know. Uh, I've seen, he, you really thought you did something there. I've seen that. Sure, yeah. Um, um, but I don't think I can dissect okay. uh, Gen Z slang on the fly. You really, He really thought he ate this, maybe he thought he ate that up, meaning yeah, he thought he, he was on clean, top of that. He really he cleaned he that something. plate. He really he really put yeah. it down his gullet. Oh, he really cleaned that plate. I like that. Yeah, That's fun. Okay. Put it down his gullet. He didn't, that one doesn't yeah. sing as for you as yeah, much. He thought he really cleaned that plate. Little did he know it was a bowl, That's, <laughs> as, as they say. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we're all doomed. We're all doomed. We're all boomers looking at TikTok happening? trying to figure out the next thing. Uh, it's hard to see yourself aging in real time. 
Gaius is does this thing where he's like, oh, Uther was enchanted, but don't worry. He's going to make a full recovery. And I'm like, what are you doing right now? Like, yeah. best case scenario, she's stupid and doesn't see what you're doing. Worst case mm-hmm. scenario, she figures it out immediately and kills you. And then kills the king and leaves. Yeah. Like, why are you? Yeah. This Gaius, is ridiculous. you with fire here. <laughs> um, she plays up. I like when he was, so she sneaks into Uther's room, dips under under the bed sees that the the mandrake is gone and he's and then guy surprises her she comes back one second she didn't miss a beat she goes i dropped my earring and i was like damn i almost believed you yeah <laughs> again katie mcgrath oh. is so good in this role she just she just fucking kills it for timing um we uh sirloin finally reaches the castle and he tells arthur and the crew that sinred's army is approaching they've got twenty thousand people strong uh merlin and morgana are just staring at each other daggers uh, with daggers mm-hmm. during this entire exchange um and then Arthur, like, everybody is like, hey, we got to reach out to Sinred and, like, I don't know, give him your Xbox. And Arthur's like, absolutely yeah. not. 40,000 no. gamer score on that bad boy. Can't give up no. the account. Lots of digital games. Not getting the Xbox. Maybe the Wii U. Give it, does he want the Wii U? And everyone's like, nobody wants the Wii U. He's, he's literally starting to, like, his aid on the side. He's like, why does, not the Wii U? Give why not the Wii U? Wii U? <laughs> and everyone's like, nobody wants My the Wii U. My leash will accept nothing but the Xbox. <laughs> And then you hear the sound of drawing steel as, as Arthur, you know, rallies the cry to war. He no, no, that's that is to a T. Arthur's energy. He's an Xbox 360 owner. That's mm-hmm. him right there, dude. Absolutely, he's a game dude. He cares gamer about the gamer boy. score. Mm-hmm. He's online talking shit in the lobby. He's not good at any games, but he talks that shit. Um, yeah, that's him. It's him to a T. Uh, he decides that they're not going to go. They're not going to offer any peace if it's if he's got it. If it's not the Xbox, it's nothing. So he's going to prepare the city for war, uh, for a siege. Um, the castle has never been broken into. It's always stood strong. What about the villagers? Says Sirloin. Like, and they're like, oh, let's get them in the city. Like, we'll we'll we'll, we'll take care of them. And they're like, well, what about all of the villagers' stuff? And it's like, don't care. <laughs> don't not worried yeah. about their stuff. More worried about their lives. Um, and which is good. Like, I feel like this is a hard decision. We have a scene right after this where Merlin tells Arthur like hey you did a really good job that was a very kingly thing to do kind of situation and it is like I feel like Uther in this situation would be like I don't know send out five men (laughs) kill them all yeah he would do something like that and whether or not you know Arthur's judgment is necessarily the best course of action I mean I don't think we're supposed to doubt him or anything but just the fact that he's able to make that split second decision he puts the Mm -hmm. lives of the people over anything else because then you know without the people out there then they're there go their farms their villages Um, it's not just their belongings but it's also like their source of food and shit um they're always collecting grain and shit always talk about their stores um so yeah i think it it is good and i mean i think it's nice that that merlin points it out to him even though arthur's constantly making fun of him it's um something you said right there like where you you said uh you don't think we're supposed to doubt arthur and i agree with you i don't think we are but man like i think the writers sure do, do make it a point to like have people around him tell him that they don't doubt him <laughs> like we get two separate scenes one with more uh, one with merlin and one with uh, guinevere both saying like no no no, you're doing great you're doing good kid keep it up you're doing good work yeah, like give yeah, him a little yeah. pat on the back like i don't know it's weird I, it's, and it's fine like I, I like those scenes i like this scene with merlin um even if it ends with like you know merlin saying oh, don't worry i'll be at your side protecting you and arthur going god help me <laughs> which is yeah pretty funny <laughs> merlin, i mean and i and it's it's interesting we don't really ever spend time talking about merlin's purpose we always just sort of are like yeah no he's in it you know we don't have to worry about him um he's all, he's just got his quest but it, it i think this whole experience has reaffirmed like his his um i don't know what he feels like he needs to do his destiny you know talking to the dragon again feeling like 
now it, it's up to me to stop Morgana because I'm the only one who knows what she's doing. It's like she's, she's a little bit maybe more satisfied with like, I know I'm doing the right thing. It doesn't matter that Arthur is going to make fun of me and he never knows what I'm doing. I'm still doing the right thing and I'm, and I'm happy that I'm able to, to, to do this. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, whatever. I don't know. No, I'm with it. I'm he, seemed a little, he seemed more sure of himself as he said, I'm going to protect you. He knows Arthur's going to make fun of him when he says it, but he says it anyway. I think the the confirmation from the dragon of like, hey, you you this is this is you got to step it up. Like you were literally guarding the destiny of Camelot and the future of the, the future of Albion um, really like gave Merlin a resolve throughout this episode that we haven't seen from mm-hmm. him uh, because throughout it, he is, he is uh, you know kind of being weirdly cryptic with Arthur, but being very confident and like make getting shit done in a way that he, because normally Merlin kind of just reacts to stuff um, and, and goes up mm-hmm. goes up, goes through life reacting to things where this feels, he feels a lot more um, proactive, I guess is what I'm looking for. Um, we get a brief shot of Senred and Morgos. The army's almost there. Okay. We've set the stage. Shit's about to pop off. Oh, I didn't realize uh, next- we were just talking about this. Like, this is the scene where Gwen comes in and is like, hey, no, you're the best guy. Like, I, I believe anything yeah. you would yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just need to you need to remember to, to do whatever is ever in your heart. And there's a moment where you're like, oh, they're definitely about to start making out. Um, and she yeah. pulls him out and she goes, you know, if you need anything else, sire. And she's like, and he says, there's no need to call me that. And she looks at him and is like, there's every need. And I'm like, I don't yeah. You just made Damn. Sire a weird sexual fetish for somebody. <laughs> I just, yeah. I'm just saying, like, you guys, you guys inspired somebody to. Yeah. He's like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to react. To that. Yeah, is that um, hot or not? <laughs> yeah, it's hot or not. He's tweeting. Um, <laughs> he's posting on his Xbox profile. Uh, what was I gonna say? Shit. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know when uh, Gwen became the font of wisdom because in season one she's very much just like one of the gang, you know. Like yeah, she's, yeah. she's up to her tricks until they murder her father. Um, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe that is she's somebody who, or, or we're supposed to see her as somebody who just keeps seeing the way that things are, wanting them to be better. And believing that Arthur is the only person who will make them better. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm into it. Though. I like I like Gwen doing this with with Arthur because mm-hmm. um, it gives Arthur the confidence that he's going to need to uh, win the Helm's Deep battle. Yeah. Uh, Imagine like having this girl gas you up for years, mm-hmm. and then at, you know Arthur finally becomes king, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, <laughs> gotta marry somebody else. <laughs> My bad." Like, come on, bro. I uh, yeah. This is. <laughs> It's very funny. So the, the next thing we see is Morgana s- standing around ostentatiously in her um, red cloak smirking. She's just fucking smirking as the knights prepare for siege. And then she just sneaks out into the woods. Um, Chris. I guess they they, they aren't that prepared if she could just sneak out. It is it is yet another time where it is a full moon in Camelot. <laughs> it has been a full moon for weeks at this point. Like, it's just Perfect. always a full Perfect. moon. Um, maybe maybe it's that every episode t- is one month apart from the other. What is there? It's 13 episodes a season. Uh-huh. Um, so, so it's that over a course of a year. Works out. Okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm willing to do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Morgos, uh, she tells Morgos, or Morgos that uh, Merlin is back. And Morgos is like, I don't really care about that dude. Like, I'm I'm, I'm fine. Like, we're, we're ready. We've got an army, and you've got to do your thing. And, Mar- and Morgana's like, well... I'm ready. What what is it? She gives him like she gives Morgana a staff, and she, she it has a lot of lore. Uh, it's got it. It's carved from a special tree. Oh yeah, dude. It comes. It's only created by the such and such. Only the blood lords or something. The blood magic gods have touched it. Dude, only the high priestess and their blood god have ever set eyes on it. Um, 
Okay. Tell me more about the blood god. <laughs> I would like. And it's shaped. It's got like the cool like tree branch. Like this feels. I was thinking about this as I was watching this, where because I'm so into JRPGs and everything is always so like over designed in those. Uh-huh. And then I'm I'm looking here at at um at this very British show, and I'm thinking like, is it like a sort of almost a hallmark of of British media to be slightly under designed? And I feel like I don't know what made me think that, but there's just something that's always somewhat more simple about a lot of like British television and stuff like that in a way that feels deliberate. Like they're deliberately not going over the top with their with their designs. Or maybe it's just Merlin and I'm kind of projecting what the heck do I know about British show production? I don't know. But there's something about it that just I was like, that's a British looking staff. Yeah. It looks very it looks very uh workmanlike. Um and, mm-hmm. and, and like ostentatious is the op whatever the opposite of ostentation is. And not 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 even saying that in any kind of negative fashion. Like I just like the fact that it looks like something that somebody four hundred years ago did for a blood god. Like that's that's what it looks like. <laughs> like I'm into it. Um she gives them a staff. Uh we see a lot of scenes of various villagers uh trekking into the city, carrying everything that they they can possibly carry, all of their belongings. Um just you know just kind of the sense of foreboding as this war is about to happen this battle is about to go in um arthur goes looking for merlin and we get get another patented merlin scene uh where just it's just the goofball antics of king arthur and his sorcerer merlin where merlin uh, says well you know how you get when you're hungry so i've been stockpiling food including your favorite (laughs) pickled eggs (laughs) yeah because at first he's like what the fuck are you doing and then he's because he's you know clambering up the stairs dragging all this shit um you notice how Arthur doesn't offer any rebuttal once Merlin explains. No, not himself. at all. He's just like, okay, whatever goes, you say. Oh, 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 yeah. Actually, good thinking. <laughs> uh, this um, is so good. Right. so funny. Um, we From there, we go, uh, we see soldiers passing out gear. We see Arthur and Sirloin and Merlin, like, walking, speed walking through, like, the makeshift hospital they're setting up. Uh, there's a moment where Gwen and Arthur kind of lock eyes across the room. Um, and then Sirloin breaks the news that they've been they've been doing some spying, and Sinred would be there within hours. Um, and yeah. we skip from there to Uther's uh, bedroom, where he is still conked out on the patented yeah. Gaia sleeping drought, uh, just fucking asleep to the at the wheel. Uh, and Arthur kind of having this moment where he he's looking at his father and probably like reckoning what he's about to have to do, and tells his father as his father lies there sleeping, you know, I, I will not fail you. I will not let you down. Um, you know, I don't give a shit about Uther, but for some reason I got like weirdly emotional in this scene. <laughs> it was just like seeing Arthur's resolve kind of come through. Um, not that we've never seen it before, but I don't know. There was just something about that, you know, taking up the responsibility um, and, and when he feels like he's saying goodbye to his father. It just, I was like, well, why am I, why am I having feelings about this? What's going on here? It's, it's good. Um, I don't, I mean, neither one of us, I think have any sort of affection for Uther, uh, but it's, it, it is just, it's mostly just Arthur, like gathering that resolve and then like standing tall and like facing the battle, facing the onslaught. Um, I feel like this, this segment is edited a little weird where we go from them, like walking through the makeshift hospital to them in the bedroom. And then next Arthur is like walking through his soldiers getting ready. And then we go back to Arthur's bedroom where like Merlin is putting his armor on. And then right after this, we're going back to the soldiers getting ready again. Um, it just seems a little weirdly like sequenced, I guess it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. It's just something yeah. I noticed. And, and I think it. that they're, they're, they're struggling here. Cause maybe struggle is the wrong word, but this is a big scene. This is a big, big in scope. You know, the, what is happening. This is the siege of Helm's deep. As much as I joked about it, that's what this reminds you of. Right. Um, and it's big, and it's bigger than Merlin's ever been. And you could definitely, I could definitely see, you know, an editor looking at this stack of footage and trying to <laughs> fit things together to, to build out this stuff because it's it's pretty, it's it's, intense. it's large. Yeah, 
Um, but this is the scene where Merlin uh, kind of has this weird conversation with Arthur, uh, where Arthur assumes that Merlin is nervous, but Merlin says, no, I'm not nervous at all because I trust in your destiny, which is a weird thing to say to a casual friend, um, no matter who yeah. you are. Like, yeah. if I just called you up on the phone and was like, Chris, I know you're getting a little paranoid about the upcoming election, about the midterms, but don't worry. I trust in your destiny. You'd be like, that doesn't yeah. help me whatsoever. Like if, I, if I'm texting you, like I often do, you know, like stressed about work or something. And you were like, I trust in your destiny. I'd be like, oh, oh God, I guess Jeremy's oh. drunk again on a Tuesday. How? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, he also he goes on to say that uh, it's Arthur's fate to be the greatest king that Camelot has ever known, and his victory will be remembered by every age to the end of time. Uh, and Arthur is, of course, so far, so far true. So far true. Good, good I'm job, just Merlin. Um, I'm at, I feel like we're at like the latest. We we're in the most the newest year edition is what we're in right now um, in 2022, and so far, I remember. I remember. King still, Arthur, we're still so. remembering. Yeah, still the age. Yeah. When is the last uh, King Arthur movie? There was one with the guy from Sons of Anarchy. I just did a quick search. Uh, Legend of the Sword uh, came out. Or this video is dated October eighth, twenty twenty one. So, huh. so that well, that's that's still pretty. You know, we're in it. We gotta we gotta cover that for the Patreon one day. I feel like Guy Ritchie directing uh, King Arthur. We have to do the other Merlin. <laughs> all we need to do all of the Merlins. Um, Arthur, upon hearing that his, uh, you know, he's gonna be the best king of all time, is like, whoa, hold up, calm down. Yeah. Uh, Wait, but but he has this he has this moment where he's like, you know, sometimes like you have this sense of, and he's like, I don't really want to call it wisdom, but I guess it's called wisdom. Um, and of course, Merlin takes advantage of it, and there's this offhanded, you know, yeah. but don't but don't worry. You're, the rest of the time, you're a complete idiot. Uh, and I, yeah. it's very he's funny. Like, he's like, Merlin, sometimes you talk as if, like, how do I put this? It's almost like you're friends with a wise old dragon. <laughs> That's sort of the vibe I get from I get, you sometimes. I am definitely getting wise old dragon. Do you know a wise old dragon, Merlin? Is that is that part of your your deal? Is that is that a thing that you go through? Are you Merlin on... just does his big old flirty smirk, and we're left to wonder what what does it mean? God, I'll two, never tell. These two idiots just flirt constantly, yeah. my man. Like there was, yeah. I, I don't know who I want Arthur to kiss more, Gwen or Merlin at this point. Like I'm, I'm, I yeah. just need him to kiss somebody in this in this fucking series. Absolutely. Um, Arthur goes out and he rallies the men for the love of Camelot. I'm glad that they kept it simple on this. He just says for the love of Camelot. I go, yeah, that's a that's what you would say for the love yeah. of Camelot. Because I don't want the you know, but it is not this day. This day we fight, you know, for Frodo kind of um, big Aragorn speech. Because Vigo had 95 hours of film to build up to his big speech moment even though that speech i was just quoting might be theoden it doesn't matter it's not important this isn't a lord mm. of the rings podcast um i'm glad that they just let him say for the love of camelot that's just that's what you sense on that he kept it simple he got to the point he jazzed up those guys i'm hype it's good it's very good i think it's also important to note like they're not only they're fighting like helms deep they're obviously like defending themselves but there's also this like catastrophic war of light versus dark happening around them so like it's important to bring in all of that context whereas this is like a random dude showed up yesterday this is basically like a hurricane right like a guy just showed up we don't know nobody knows why Sindred is doing this at all he just showed up he's yeah. got a bunch of dudes so we have like there's nothing to like proclaim against like there's no rallying cause besides like you know for the love of camelot which is really good 
Yeah. We see Morgana like, watching all of the soldiers from her window, doing that typical stuff. Uh, we see Sinred's army. Uh, they're roaring. Uh, they're readying their siege machines. And it's time uh, to start the war, start the battle. The catapults hur- start hurtling fireballs. Soldiers rush in. In a really neat moment, as soon as the first like fireball hits, uh, Uther springs awake and like rushes to the window to see yeah. his entire castle being um, attacked. Uh, I like this moment a lot. I think it's just really, it's just really cool. Like it's almost like it implies some sort of like connection between him and Cam- Camelot, right? Like I just, and I feel like that's a cool vibe. Like I like when kings yeah. have like that sort of connection. Definitely, they. Um, you know, he might, he might not be good, you know, not be a good person, but the, yeah, the idea of the king and the kingdom so closely tied and, and then Uther waking and it's almost like the sky's on fire because there's like the flame, you know, flying by as, as he wakes up. It, it is a very cool scene. Yes, it is very cool. I'm, uh, I'm extremely excited about it. Uh, what happens? A bunch of stuff starts happening. Arthur's, Arthur's just like down there in the vanguard. He's right at the very front, which is where you need your leader to be. Um, and he's fighting. Um, God, these shots are even... so fucking cool, Chris. When he's kind of like yeah. up above the crowd and fighting downwards, like it just looks so fucking awesome. It's amazing they... how great this is. This is like on par with Lord of the Rings, like the, on the, with the Battle of Helm's Deep. I, I won't hear anybody say that it's not. Like this feels just as thrilling as something like that. It is, or like the Battle of the Bastards or something. Like it's it is scaled in a way that you would not yeah. expect from a fucking TV show. It was awesome. It was really awesome. Um, it was it was tough to almost take notes on this because like every second I just want to like be glued to the screen and I didn't want to look away. It's the first time watching it. I remember just being like, "Holy shit!" Like <laughs> Merlin, <laughs> like they're just doing it. Like this is like this is the kind of shit as a fantasy fan you love to see these huge battles. And Merlin can do all the silly stuff. They can do the bromance stuff. Um, and then they finally, they you know, they sharpen it back in and you go, we just got a big ass like fantasy medieval sword battle happening here. And it's awesome. Yeah, it's really, really great. Uh, and this is where we see Uther like waking up and like he's in his armor and we see him running down and like, you know, I'm a ha- I'm a Uther hater. But like, again, it's just like there's something about it that kind of you just go like, damn, like the king is just like rising from the fucking dead to come and back and fight with them. Um, he doesn't and, do very much, but it's and, still and like it's an th- epic moment. Yeah, he rushes to the front line like he tries, and I think that's a that mm-hmm. says something about him as a person that he rushes to the front line. It also says something about him as a person that he um, massacred a bunch of kids for having like the bear, having parents yeah. who had magic. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, a man could be two things. He could be Chris. both. Yeah, you make <laughs> can it be, be both. Two there are two wolves. Is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's two wolves inside of you. One is a mass murderer, and one of you is kind of okay, I guess. Um, the, one of you's brave. I don't know. Um, inside the castle, uh, Merlin is kind of running around. He tells Gaius to keep an eye on Morgana, who is ostensibly like helping with the injured. Uh, and then he rushes back to Arthur. On his way over, he's almost exploded by a fireball. Uh, yeah. We see the invading army has like set up ladders on the outside. They're trying to climb up as the Camelot is trying to like force them down. This this battle is just going like a fucking like crazy dude this is all over the it's place it's going crazy it's going uh, crazy Morgos and Sinred like are watching from a hill in the distance both of them are pretty satisfied with how this is going up uh, and this is when Arthur or excuse me when Uther makes it to the front lines and Arthur sees him and of course Arthur's first reaction is to grab him and pull him back where he is uh, where Uther is immediately shot in the leg by a crossbow <laughs> like, yeah. just he takes a, he takes an arrow to a knee or mm-hmm. to his knee that's that's mm-hmm. the Skyrim reference for this episode um, patches I hope you're happy um Got him. But yeah, it's he comes in for one second, immediately takes an arrow, and is like, ah. "Gotta go, gotta go." Hard not to feel like that wasn't Arthur's fault because he was like pulling him pulling back, him back. Prone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, For all Arthur, we know, uh, Uther could have done a little, little parry, could have deflected that arrow. Don't know. Who knows what would have been, hap- would have been, what would have been possible. Uh, hmm. Arthur, as he's pulling Uther back, he orders the re- a general retreat um, as the army starts to break through the barricades that they've set up. Uh, this is when Merlin arrives, and as nobody is looking, everybody's attention is diverted. He causes a huge fireball explosion, holding the, the invading army back just briefly, uh, giving, giving the Camelot team time to uh, regroup, as it were. Um, we're going to switch back to Morgana, who sneaks off. Gaius notices, though, and follows her outside. Uh, she runs into the castle, into a room where she gets the staff. Uh, and in the, like, the dumbest moment of this entire fucking episode, Gaius is following her, opens the door. <laughs> she just hides behind it, does not, and he does not look around at all. He just like shifts his head three degrees to the he's, left and right. He's not used to this kind of stuff. <laughs> Gaius is he doesn't like, do a lot of snooping. I'll, Gaius is very charming. Like he's got an affable personality, but man, he is, no. he's just like one of the most useless people on this fucking <laughs> show. He's like, all he does is put people to sleep. Occasionally he helps people commit mass murder. That's a thing. Yep. Uh, and then that's he like, he, he gives you know Merlin a bed. That's like, that's his three things that he does. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. He um and he's also just sort of exposed himself to Morgana here if she not like that if she didn't already know that he you know if Merlin had probably told him something now it would definitely seem like he suspects something and you know he can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. Um, so good job, good job. You played yourself. Arthur drags Uther back to uh, the well that he saw his dead wife in, which this, he doesn't see her again. Rough I think. place to but, stop, <laughs> but also very funny to me. Um, Arthur is like, hey, I, I got to get over there. Don't worry. You need to rest. Once you get well, uh, I promise you, you will have a kingdom, which is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, pretty cool. Sinred, and then Uther uh, oh, gets helped away by Merlin, which is just, you know, he's burning up inside. He's like, who is this Who is boy? this kid? Who is this child? <laughs> who is this Who is this little motherfucker helping me? At this me? point, Merlin feels very familiar with Uther. Like, he knows his place, but he's like, yeah, I mean, he knows who I am. We've had conversations before. Meanwhile, Uther is just like, who is this? <laughs> What, uh, do what, you work for me? Do you do I pay you? Do I pay anybody? What is going on here? I'm so he's so hungover from no, the drought. No, sire, you don't pay anyone. <laughs> you don't pay anybody. Barely have benefits. Um, Sinred is getting impatient. Um, he wants to he wants to kind of charge in, but of course they're waiting for uh, the the traitor on the inside to do something. So uh, we see. Oh Mar- yeah, if you thought this episode was reaching its climax, just no, you no, no, wait. not at all, not at all. I've got like a page and a half of notes left. Like yeah. it's going to be a long one, everybody. Um, but we see Morgana sneaking through the castle. Uh, Merlin brings Uther to the hospital and finds that Mar- finds out from Gaius that Morgana is gone. Um, and then we see Morgana who arrives in this vault. Uh, filled- she's doing two things down in that vault. She's wearing armor and mm. she's smiling evilly. I uh, I don't know where Morgana got this armor from, but I love it. <laughs> she wears it when they go to visit um, Merlin's village. That's true. Yes, this this is her. This is her. Yeah, I'm in trouble. This is her combat armor. You're right. I forgot. Yeah, about this that. is her combat, and it seems like this is just something she has because when she fights Merlin in a little while, um, she fights with somebody who's like, yeah, I've been trained with the sword. Um, which just makes me think, like, yeah, this is just like a thing that she's like practiced and trained in, and um, I Merlin certainly isn't. So <laughs> there's a we see a moment with her in this vault, like obviously full of graves, um, some sort of mausoleum, I guess, underneath the castle. Uh, Merlin is desperately looking for, her, and then we see Morgana slam the staff down, uh, and I love this like really like I, I'm gonna say sketchy, but not like in a uh, 
um, untrustworthy way, but just like an actual like kind of just a, a skit kind of like weird, like rough edged sound effect that they do. And then immediately like mm. snap it off to silence uh, as Merlin like yeah. senses the staff being sit down. Really fucking cool. I love this. It's so cool. Much. This moment is it's this moment has been a lot of loud, chaotic battling. And then to have just this total moment of silence after, you know, the strange sound, she does the spell. We see more uh, Merlin react to it. We see more ghosts react to it. And then the sounds like fades back in. Yeah. It's um just extremely cool. Like, I, I just, I love this so much. Uh, and then what do we fucking see, dude? Morgana watches as skeletons rise up from their graves. How? And as the skeleton combat expert, this would be my time to shine. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You've been training for this literally I've been training my whole life, life for this. I've been training literally. Like, literally my whole life to fight skeletons. Uh, uh, this is great, dude. This The staff shoots out beams of light and it fucking resurrects presumably past kings, heroes, mm-hmm. knights mm-hmm. like of Camelot to fight against yeah. Camelot. Um, I never, like, I don't, I never... Until it became like a bit that I did, didn't realize that like actually like I just like love a good old fashioned skeleton with the sword. Like there's something about that that is just so perfect. When I found out that Dark Souls just had a lot of skeletons with swords, there's no like you know rotting flesh or broken armor hanging out. They just fucking just white pure ass fucking bleached skeletons, bone skeletons absolutely with swords. Yeah, yeah. Can't tell if this was my dead father or whatever. Like there's no there's no like pure internalized horror. Yeah, bone. yeah. Just animated bones, just and with a little bit. Of Attitude. What do you think the bones and local bones is for? It's all about the skeletons. It's all about the skellies, my man. Uh, and you know, you know. I love this moment we get because we Arthur and, and Merlin see each other from across the courtyard. Arthur's like, where the fuck have you been? And Merlin is like, uh, look behind you. So Arthur turns around, animated skeleton, and there's this moment, and this is the thing I love about just like pure fucking no flesh, just animated bones, is that when an Arthur stabs him in like the rib cage, of course it doesn't do anything, and there's that moment where Arthur looks up and realizes it didn't do anything, and the skeleton shrugs. It's so good. <laughs> it's so fucking good, dude. It's so the skeleton's fu- like, I, yeah, I don't get it. Either. I don't get it either, man. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just an animated skeleton. I got very little personality. Yeah. What do you want me to do? Hey, I don't know. Hey. I just clock in. I do what I got to do. I go home. With I clock in. I kill the Camelot. I, I clock out. I go back to bed. This is all I do. It reminds me talking about the Dark Soul skeletons. Um, were in that first like graveyard area where you would kill them and they would just immediately resurrect. They had that animation for like picking up their head and like fitting it onto the spine and yep. like doing the little squeak, 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 like, to fit it on there really well. It's exactly that. Like I just like skeletons, pure skeletons, with with just a little bit of personality to them. Not a lot. Yep. I don't need yeah. them to talk. Yeah. I don't want talking skeletons. Not a lot. No. This is this. I I'd argue Merlin nailed it. Absolutely. Amount of personality. Perfect amount of personality. <laughs> a little shrug. A little tiny shrug just made me care for these guys so much. <laughs> just like a like a Halloween store biology class looking ass skeleton with a fucking cutlass it, or a fucking broadsword, you know? It made me think that they should keep the staff and then the next time Camelot is attacked, just everybody pull back and then they unleash the skeletons on the invading army. Surprise, motherfucker. Yeah. Here's some skeletons. Surprise, motherfucker. Cla- time we're to collect We're in. off in the, ho- in, the, in, the, in the woods hiding. Yeah. And boom, staff. L- low town, skeletons. watch out. It's the night of the skeletons. <laughs> deal, with, deal with them. You know, these guys are hourly. Fucking deal with them. Um, there's also <laughs> So another thing I like about animated skeletons is as one is pursuing Merlin, he cuts one of their arms off. Uh, and as he's like flailing about on the floor, trying to get away from the skeleton, the arm comes after him. Like the little animated. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Skeletons, man. So, so much fun. Skeletons. Uh, Arthur and Merlin so, manage to escape. Uh, yeah. They, they start, they fight what they, they flee to inside of the, like the hospital area, which I kept calling the med bay as if Camelot were a spaceship. <laughs> yes. 
that has a med bay. It's a med bay. Um, yes, absolutely. But yeah, they, so they, they go in there and, and they're like, okay, we got to seal off the hospital because that's where Uther is. And, um, and Gaius is like, why do we need to seal it off? And they're like, there's fucking skeletons. There's animated bones, Gaius. We got to get, I don't know. How to, Gaius is bad out there, man. <laughs> He's just yelling at the top of his voice. Presumably his hearing got blown out by all of the fireballs and the catapults. So he's yeah, just constantly yeah. screaming at everybody. <clears throat> Merlin's like, okay. <laughs> he opens the door and you just see Ambo and Skeletons. He's like, okay, yeah, now you understand. All right. Um, Uther's, Uther's trying to get out there. Um, no way. That's not, not going to happen. Army of the Dead is here. They like they want to keep telling us that the knights have to fight a battle on two fronts. Um, everyone just found out like how the Nazis lost World War II. They were like, oh, they're trying to fight, fight a battle on two fronts. That's how they lost. Um, <laughs> Uh, Merlin uh, leaves to go down to the basement. Uh, we, we see clips of the outside. Uh, basically, the Sinred's army is gaining more and more ground on Sirloin and his knights. Uh, and this is when Sirloin like, kind of pulls back from the front line, looks behind him, and sees skeletons approaching. Uh, so, of course, dude, now... Everywhere you look, dude. Skelly's fucking everywhere. Uh, this is when Merlin finds uh, Morgana, uh, and he arrives in this vault just as like the castle is shaking, uh, and mm-hmm. he he says, "Hey, like the city is going to fall; it's going to kill women and, and and children. Like you don't want that." And she's like, "Oh, absolutely, I do. Like if Uther hates me because I have magic, why should I feel differently about him?" Um, and this is this is one of those things where Merlin is like, "You could change your mind," and she's like, "Merlin, you don't have magic. You couldn't possibly understand hiding away." And I'm like, "Just fucking tell her. Connect Just with the tell person." Her, dude. It's so frustrating, man. Like it's so absolutely frustrating. Like, and I I don't know that now is the time to do that. Granted, right? Like no, it made but... the time was before. Like maybe right now you don't want to reveal all of your magic tricks to her. But like, man, it's so connect with this woman on a fucking human level, and maybe she won't try to kill Uther and your entire family. Like, I'm just saying. I feel like you tell her now, she's going to be even more mad. Oh, my God. This would be so much worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is definitely not a tell her. This is way too late to tell her at this point. But, man, it's so... It just it just highlights all of the stuff that you and I have said over this the mm-hmm. course of Morgana's like turning to the dark side or whatever. Like it's just you just like she's she's literally going through the same thing Merlin is going through. And if Merlin and Gaius had just fucking reached out uh, and and helped her along that path and and helped her hide it and, and give her companionship, they wouldn't be going through any of this. And that's the problem with this is it's not that she turns a character turning to evil it can be a lot of fun, which it is here. The, the problem is that it's it's just sort of our main character's fault um, that he didn't do more, which could be a tragedy. But at the same time, it's just like it always kind of holds everybody else up above like, oh, well, she's the bad one and you're the good ones. Um, but she's just justified. And again, they're just going to dive into the evilness. And she does hesitate for a moment when and Marilyn is like, please, like, I beg you, like, don't do this. Like, magic should be used for good and all that. Um so and they have her hesitate a little bit. There's still some of that in her, and then they're just like, you know what? Fuck it. Morgana's just gonna go full evil now. It doesn't matter anymore. She's yeah. just the bad guy. Let's have a sword fight. I um, I, I just, I, it's it's this whole thing is really really frustrating. But um, like you said, it's just gonna be a sword fight. So I love that Merlin does this thing where he's like, you know what? Um, if you're set on this path, that's fine. And he like pretends to accept it. And it's like, I'm just going to walk away. Nobody pay attention to me. And then just runs for the staff. <laughs> he like makes a <laughs> lunge for it. And of course, you know, Morgana is there with the fucking sword. Uh, if you thought she looked cool in armor, everybody wait till you see her in armor with the sword, because, oh my God. Yeah. Um, and, um, she's kind of whooping his ass. She's, yeah. she's clearly better at fighting than he is. And um, the only thing that he's able to do is what he always does. There was no tree branches available, so he dropped some like rocks from the ceiling on her head. 
It's extremely funny. Which, to me. like, Jesus Christ, she would be so injured. Uh, I mean, just horrifically. <laughs> and horrifically. I think that Merlin walks out of this with the assumption I killed her. <laughs> there's a there's a moment in the X Men animated series from the '90s where uh, Storm gets buried under a similar situation, like a bunch of rock, and Cyclops runs up and instead of saying like, "Oh my God, she could be hurt," she, he goes, "Wolverine, help me! She has claustrophobia. <laughs> like, I've got to get her out of there." And, <laughs> and it's just like, dude, come on, man, she could be seriously wounded. Uh, oh. This fight scene is is very cool. I, I was actually kind of disappointed at the. I, I, I don't I don't really like calling things a cop out. I don't know how else they would have resolved this, but I felt like. I felt like Merlin should have had to reveal his magic here. Like, I feel like he would have, he, he should have used it. She should have realized at the last minute. Um, but I, I know they've got other things in store for all of that stuff. So like, I'm, I'm not too stressed about it, but it just seemed like kind of a, like she was winning. She was the better person, not the better person. Yeah. She was, she was yeah. the better like sword fighter. She was doing more work and he just wins. They have her like doing like similar stances to stuff that we see um, Arthur doing. Yeah. And again, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't shit about real sword fighting. I'm just a nerd. Um, but I like that at least that there's that like, you know, consistency like, oh, they would have been trained the same way. You know, Arthur obviously spends all day doing it, but she's no slob herself. Yeah. Um, She's Merlin, out. On the other hand, he he runs over, grabs a sword, uh, slices the staff into, and then all of the various animated skeletons that people are fighting start to fall apart. Uh, there's an extended scene of Arthur just being kind of confused about this, and I just I really like the idea of Arthur being like, I don't know where the skeletons came from, I don't understand why they died. We win, <laughs> like just asking win. no questions about it. I don't know why they died. Um, Maybe I did something. I don't know. <laughs> and I just I love as the the. Um skeletons collapse just the way that that leon like charges back in like you said they, they give they're giving him a moment like oh, this, dude, guy's this is amazing this is um god i hate to talk about harry potter but uh who is the kid that could have been the the one or whatever um neville neville this isn't like neville the neville longbottom, longbottom moment of in, in the the last yeah. movie or book or whatever like this is just him as soon as the skeletons like collapse he turns around and is like we're still fighting bros and just leads all of his men right back to the front line and begins to win like starts pushing back we get one of those high shots again that we see the armies clashing from above and we see them, them pushing sin red's men's back and at the top of the castle we see the knights of camelot like knocking back the ladders knocking back the men like this is they're winning and uh and we go to the hill where Morgos and Sinred has been watching and Sinred is like, I would rather fail you than watch my men die. I'm out. Leave. We're leaving. Um yeah. and I <laughs> Sinred is such a weirdo in all of this. He's just like, uh, I'll, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> but also not a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the, the moment I'm really, losing. It is funny that like I don't know. It's like he was seizing an opportunity, but as soon as he realizes like all of his dudes are going to die, he's like, no, I'm out. I'm, I'm out. I'm yeah, I, don't wanna, I, I didn't want it this it's, bad. It's like, <laughs> like I was weirdly like, oh, that was respectable of you. Like, you know, that's not the black and white villain I sort of expected on this. Where yeah. You'd just be like, no, we will fight until it's over. Like, you know, but no, he was just like, oh, the skeleton part didn't work out. You know what? Fuck this. Exactly. Yeah. That's very funny to me. Um, do, 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 do. Where are we at? Uh, uh, the next day. Yes. Merlin is, um, I think he's talking to Gaius. He must be. Because uh, he says he has to tell Arthur about Morgana. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, what is it? Oh, God, is this one? Oh, okay. No, he's ta- All right. My notes confuse me. Merlin is talking to Arthur, and he's like, hey, I got to tell you about Morgana. And, Morgana and, and Arthur's like, oh, we already know what happened. And Merlin's like, what the fuck does that mean? Cut to Uther addressing everybody in the throne room. Um and he says, hey, we know there was a traitor. 
Uh, we know that they summoned skeletons. Pretty cool. There's like 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 light applause. People <laughs> like, like, I don't think yeah, I'm yeah. supposed to applaud I saw for this. Ske- like even, like, even settle down, settle down, settle down. <laughs> even Leon um, is like, I had to fight him. They almost killed me, but I gotta say, one of them did a shrug. It was a nice touch. It was a nice. It was a nice touch. The skeletons were good. It was pretty good, uh, and they all have a laugh because skeletons got killed, got no kills. Um, so it's sort of it was just it was a good laugh, um, and then. Uther says, and we have the person who outwitted them to thank. And then he points over at Morgana. She's taking the credit. And then her and Merlin Ooh. have the fucking hardest staring contest of all time. This was the first time where I was like, oh, she looks like a bad guy. Because she was grilling him like you wouldn't fucking believe. But not in like a, not in like a, I'm really mad. Just like a, it was just intense. It was high intensity glare. Mm-hmm. And Merlin's just giving it back to her. Merlin, by the way, who's had a, a darker toned scarf on this whole episode. Oh, I didn't even notice. To, ref- to reflect the seriousness of Helm's Deep, it's not the bright blue that it usually is. It was, it's been a darker look. Is it a somber blue? Like what kind of blue? I didn't it's a bit of a somber blue. Okay. It's a bit of a deep somber blue. It's almost like a funeral blue, if that's such a thing. Um. So yeah, it's it, we now Merlin is super upset because obviously Morgana is in the good graces again. And uh, we skip to dinner that night with Gaius and Merlin. Uh, where Merlin, and he's like, shouldn't she like, like be like be on crutches or something? Like she got crushed <laughs> she by rocks. Crushed by rocks. <laughs> um, and she and he wonders why Uther is so blind to Morgana's true nature. And Gaius is like, I don't know, probably because she's super hot and cool. I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know, Merlin. Eat your fucking dinner. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, man. It's been a long day. <laughs> okay, we were at war like six hours ago. All right, <laughs> chill the fuck out. <laughs> Just eat your fucking slop, would you? Yeah, just eat the slop, all right? I'm just done. I'm done with this fucking uh, day, Merlin. Jesus Christ. Do you want another sleeping potion? I will tap your ass in a heartbeat. I'm not afraid to. Uh, um, but Merlin does say, he's like, I'm not afraid of Morgana. I just feel sad for her. I just feel that she's bitter and full of hate. Again, justified. But I think as a podcast, we're going to be really annoying if we don't just shift perspectives to the, like, she's evil. We just embrace it now. Yeah. She's the baddie. She's the I bad guess. guy. She's the villain. Whether or not it was justified. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> They didn't do a good job. Because, man, of, you know. she's so bitter. She's, she becomes so bitter and full of hate. And Merlin's like, nothing could make me that angry. I'm like, what if you didn't have Gaius? What if you didn't yeah. have a talking what if, fucking what if everyone dragon? was super fucking shitty to you all the time? What if, what if your dad wasn't super cool and around a little yeah. bit for a day? Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, What if had... instead of uh, anyone listening to you, they just gave you drugs that made you numb all the time? <laughs> yeah. What if you were addicted to lean and zines? <laughs> like, that's a thing that's yeah. real, yeah. That's man. That's a lethal combination. That's a lethal combination. <laughs> and notice how she's found this newfound um, self-confidence no, the zines nowhere to be seen, dude. She doesn't need. She doesn't it need the zines. Yeah, zines are out. She's of outgrown picture. the zine. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we'll find out in season four that she is still working on one. But it's like way different. It's like got like lacy kind, not lacy. Um, just a higher quality print. It's not like made out of like printer paper anymore. Like she's like up to the quality of it big time. Well, it's it's mostly because it's um. You know, it's based on you like a laminator, so nineteen thirties French black and white movies. Like that's the kind yeah. of a topic nowadays, which is a little yeah. frustrating. Yeah, it's it's a little hard to it's a little niche, I guess is what you would say. Yeah, um, but you know, that's Morgana for you. Just as just as Merlin says, nothing could make me that angry. Uh, Arthur storms in the lab and demands Merlin's <laughs> presence so he could do laundry or something. And then Merlin says, "Well, maybe I need to retract that." And then the episode ends yeah. with a laugh because that's what Merlin does. That's what uh, you need. That's what you need because I'm 13 and I love the show. And if I don't go to bed with a laugh, my mommy will be hearing about it. Absolutely, I will. I will call my mom, Karen, <laughs> and we will complain to the establishment. Um, uh, what a great episode! Like we talked, it, it's easy. Kick to comp- ass episode. It's easy to compare this to like the Battle of Helm's Deep 
deep and I think like it is like that's what this feels like yeah. very much like the it's, only it, thing that this was missing was Leon skating down <laughs> a shield and firing arrows at, at Senrid's men hold on let me go look at the at the trivia real quick to find out if that actually happened and they just removed it they was like oh no that's a little well, too maybe. much that's a little too maybe. much he was like you know I could do the stunt <laughs> if you want <laughs> I can do it don't worry I can do it I can do it I've, I've been practicing it actually since middle school uh, let's see if there's any interesting trivia about this. Uh, two-parter, blah, blah, blah. Um, Sir Leon has somehow survived the dragon's flame since he appeared in this episode and made a following episode. So even, even the Wikipedia yeah. is like, how did this dude do it? I don't yeah. know. Um, uh, fucking trivia section on Wikipedia, man. In the second part of the episode, during the scene between Morgana and Gaius, Morgana says she lost her earring, but Katie re- pronounces it me earring, and the subtitles caption as my. Who cares? Why? Are you, why? Did, cares? why? I, uh, I just you have, like an Irish accent. Fucking get I just, over it. I just wasted everybody's time with that. Oh my god. Um, what a great episode. Do you have Do you have final thoughts? You want to Do you want to have excellent episode? Um, it is going to be a, like a sharp shift in um tone for the next episode but that's okay yeah the next episode is a gold goblin that pretends to be gaius and antics ensue when there's farting so uh really looking forward to all of that stuff uh thank you everybody for listening thank you for people that are writing reviews and uh writing into us we've gotten some some really sweet notes lately and i just want to say thank you for that that's really appreciated uh thank you for all of our patrons over patreon.com slash monster of the week for continuing to support us uh if you want to listen to us talk about things like lord of the rings or uh get episodes of this podcast early or join the discord that is the place to do so uh we we will be back next week with the gold goblin of camelot which you've all been waiting for bye everybody Chris, I would like to um, I'd like to apologize for some of the for some of my behavior on the last episode of this podcast. Are you apologizing uh, to me or who are you apologizing to? Just I you know I think it's just to, to everybody, to myself, to you, to the listeners. Second of all, um, uh, I think it's important that we you know figure out who the audience you're apologizing to is, and then second, I feel like you need to I need to know in advance if this is a sincere apology or if this is a fake apology. Well, um, this apologies to my haters. Okay. And I didn't know that you had haters. I thought you just were a hater. Uh, there are people see, that's hating the thing the haters. Is I came on here. I came on here with hater energy. Uh huh. And Haterade, I was if all, you, if you will. I was all like riled up. This time I'm just out of breath. I'm not. A, I'm not riled up. Because um, you hit me with the, I'm in the cut text when I was on the other side of the house. So <laughs> I just quickly ran. <laughs> Scared my cat a little bit. Um, I do not think that that's my fault. <laughs> anyway, so what I was just going to say is I apologize mm-hmm. um, uh, for being a hater. You know, I just think that if everyone, um, if everyone around me, if everything in my life got better, if everything was was better, I wouldn't have to be a hater. And, and that's 
what I'd like to apologize for. I guess I'd like to actually, I'm sorry, I'd like to apologize on behalf of everyone else for being hateable. Does that make sense? Mm-mm, not at all. I don't. I don't know what okay. you're trying to say at all. Okay. You came. You came onto this podcast last week with the with a glass full of haterade, and you. I was so mad. And you and you blew up <laughs> at. Um. It basically was anything that I could mention. I would mention like yeah. the stars in the sky above, and you'd be like, "Fuck those you know bright motherfuckers." What's annoying about the stars in the sky above? <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy. Um. With all that aside. Okay. <laughs> We're not. Do- okay. That's fine. <laughs> We're not I, don't do- that. I literally don't. I ran. I just ran. My my cat is so funny because any I feel like this happens to me quite frequently because it's an old house. There's many rooms. There's a lot of space, but it's all just tight corridors. It's just there's, the layout of this place is it's it's for ghosts. Uh-huh. That's what this place is for to trap ghosts in it, uh, and also to trap Wi-Fi in specific rooms so it can't quite get out. Uh, that's how that works. But my cat loves to be startled by me entering the room because I'm very large and I creak a lot of floorboards when I move. And when he's startled, he likes to hop up and then run in front of me and then continue on the path the exact path that i need to walk so he's looking back constantly like oh no i'm being chased <laughs> and i'm like brother you're in my way this um, happens to me in autumn get- believe it or not because i'll uh <laughs> I, you've seen my like since we remodeled the kitchen we made that huge yeah. table right like so it's just in the center of the room so the way mm-hmm. that you navigate like let's say from the hallway to the refrigerator is you either you're going straight and taking a small left or you're taking the first left and you're walking all the way around. Uh, but either way, uh-huh. you have to make the loop. And sometimes, like, I'll be walking and Autumn is just going to a place that is close by to where I'm going. And I'll be like, why the fuck are you following me, man? What, do you, what is this? What yeah. are you doing? <laughs> and she's not at all. And, I, and also, I should be more polite to my wife. But, like, she just sure. she's just in but, the path. Like, we're both just happy to... T- it's the pathfinding from, you know, video games. Like, yeah. every skeleton yeah. in, the, in Dark Souls is going to take the same path to, to you as they try to find you. She's um she's very cat like is what you're saying. Yes, Autumn is very cat like. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, I don't know what I was coming on here to say. I got distracted by being out of breath, which is you know it's tough. It's tough being out of breath. Um, did you know that we're at war? Um, not you and I, but an internet war between millennials and Gen Z, Jeremy. <laughs> I um I guess so. I, I I can't. I always forget if I'm a millennial or a Gen X. I think I fall. I, I think you're. I think you're Gen X. I think I'm like directly in the middle. So I'm, I get to be Gen X or something. Like I'm like the lost yeah. thing because I'm. I was My born sister in is six years older than me, and I think that she technically counts as a millennial, but she's like right at the cutoff, and that doesn't feel right. If you said doggo to my sister, she wouldn't know what that was. She wouldn't know what what I was saying. And doggo has become the like sort of the rallying cry. Of the millennials, that's gotcha. that's what they're staking their identity on is as people who use the term doggo to describe so dogs. Gen X um, is 1965 to 85, which seems like a wide swoop. Like I, w- I don't think that my generation counts people from mm. 1966. Like I think those guys would just be old. Like if a ni- guy born yeah, in 19, 19- those, those are yeah, yeah maybe maybe you got some deadheads in there. Yeah, that's but fucking I don't know about Gen X. Ancient man, that's fucking ancient. I like I, I feel like I feel like Gen X stops or starts at 1978. Um, yeah. But uh, a Gen Z is our post millennial is two thousand one to two thousand twenty, which is uh, weird, weird. Yeah, and so I guess the millennials, as I I've been seeing, unfortunately, I spent about three days on TikTok, um, and that'll that'll mess up anybody. And that's where everybody's discussing this war. And I guess as a as a millennial myself, you know uh, that stuff's being fed right into my algorithm. And um, it's it's the I think the Gen Z is going to win. Gen Z is going to win. The, the, they're making they're making fun of millennials. They got too much ammo on us. And I see people being like, "Well, millennials are like the first generation to fully grow up on the internet, right?" Well, that's I not, think I had like true. an AOL account in third grade, right? I was like uh-huh. seven. Um, and 
I just I just think was too much history of our failings posted publicly on the internet for us to really be able to defeat the next generation. So um, that's just my two cents on it. Yeah, I um, here's here's a hot take from from Jeremy from a forty year old uh, who would probably be called a boomer if a if a if a Gen Z person ever bothered to acknowledge my presence. Uh, the youth should always win. <laughs> Fuck the old people. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, you're right, and that's what the millennials need to understand. Because millennials need to get out of the who, fucking um, way, man. Like it's it's time for the kids to make fun of the yeah. people that are older than them and all of the stupid yeah. habits. And that's the that's the thing. Is for everything that I see, like a Gen Z, like I work with some some younger kids, and um, by that I mean like eighteen year olds, um, and the stuff that they say just drives me insane with just how asinine and, f- and silly it is. But then I think that's just sort of all teenagers. That's what, of every generation. Everybody's a little bit annoying when they're a teenager. Um, but then the stuff I see online, the Gen Z stuff, personally, just way funnier. They got way more ammunition to use than than millennials because millennials do stay, say stuff like doggo i can't think of a single other expression but every millennial expression is incredibly annoying everything that we do is annoying as just as a culture i mean Um, but you have to like millennials specifically like we live through the dog pound like we were there when when like uh you know snoop deal double g was there like for a good solid four years dogs were extremely cool what up dog (laughs) hey what's up dog yeah it was just a whole thing that's the thing is i don't think that i don't think gen z understands the um the the sway that the term dog in any shape or form right? had over yeah. our vernacular. And also they don't have to, and they're more than welcome to make fun of me for it. I don't care. <laughs> like, I feel like they should be making fun of me. I should not be connected yeah. to Gen Z. I shouldn't know Gen Z slang, right? Like mm. we, we made that mm. joke a long time ago where I said, I'm shake family. And that was me just basically acknowledging, like I will never ever be cool again in my entire life. Like I will never mm. know the slang anytime. I, I said the words, uh, a video came up on my for you page to autumn the other day and she was like yeah. never again <laughs> i need you to, i need you to not never say that, that expression just lie to me and tell me that you got the video from the internet i don't want to hear about a for you page that sounds super dumb and she's right and she's yeah. right i shouldn't be knowing that slang i shouldn't i shouldn't know what the sex favorite, noise is you know what i'm talking about one of my the- favorite things about um about jess is that she has just refused to ever gain information about the internet mm-hmm. like i'll be like oh it's on the trending page on twitter and she goes what's that and that used to annoy me, but the more I thought about it, I'm like, that's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, she it's just good, like it's goes moment. on and like looks at what she wants to look at, and then and then it's done. That it's gone. <laughs> it's, she puts it away. She's not invested in whatever drama is trending today, and not, that's a beautiful thing. Not at thing. all. Not at all. Um, yeah, but as you're saying, like, oh, I don't think we we would know any like Gen Z slang, and like, yeah, I didn't know any like I wasn't cool when I was that young. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't hip to my own times, let alone to the to the new times. Now we had our own like internal. Like our friend group had like slang yeah, yeah. that we would use, mm-hmm. and that was about. I mean, so there wasn't. We didn't use like the same internet vernacular. Um, we would say "flata," which is with with an F instead of okay. "later," mm-hmm. like "see you later." Um, and there was some convoluted story about somebody just saying "later" so fast in like a in a flurry that it came out as as "flata." Um, and so for years we all just said "flata." It just was like a thing we texted. It was a thing we said. When I say it out loud, I go, "Oh man, that's not." That makes sense. That's not funny. That makes That's sense. Dumb. But we were but we were sixteen, and it was just a thing. That's just what we did. I got one for you, Chris. Um, Are you ready? Hit me. Hit me. Um, cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. That's cool it. Cool beans. I don't think cool beans ever goes out of style because, well, I don't think that's, that's true. That, it was never in. Style, <laughs> it was never in style. But I think it it's timeless because it's because you can say it ironically without sounding like too much of a dickhead. You just go, oh, cool beans, man. All right. 
Yeah, I think uh, Cool Beans was always the worst, and the worst thing about it is I started saying it after getting mm-hmm. encountering a bunch of people that said it, and I was like, oh, wait, this has infected my language. Um, yeah. This, we th- talked this about this bad. recently, but Epic, that's a tough one. Epic is bad. Gamers ruined Epic easily. Yeah, yeah. Gamer. Gamers have ruined everything. Gamers have ruined a lot of things. And it is a shame things. to see that like the Gen Z like gamer culture is, is almost identical to <laughs> what we had. <laughs> Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Or at least what I what I saw, like the mainstream annoying stuff, is exactly the same as it's always you know been. Although I did recently see some kids being like super nostalgic for like Call of Duty Ten Black Ops. Yeah, I needed not multiplayer not, maps. No, be no. like, oh, just take me back here, man. And I'm like, whoa, no, yeah. what's going on? Don't need that. <laughs> you know what really annoys me? Uh, I used to before the invention of like incels, before people mm. with like fedora hats were made fun of on a regular basis for being corny as hell like i kind of as a teenager and as my early 20s was like when i go on a date with a woman i was like super polite like i was raised in the south like my grandmother told me like you open the door for a lady all that kind of stuff like and a lot of that is just internalized misogyny and i realize it like don't at me twitter um but there was a time where i was like you know, I would do the, you know, I would open the door and be like, m'lady. And, and, and that's ruined. Like, I can never, ever, ever do yeah, that. Yeah, and I don't yeah, know yeah. if it was corny at the time. I don't know if it was corny in 1998 or not, but I feel like like it hadn't been played out in 1998. I don't know if it was good. I'm sure the girl, the right. girls never went on a date with me again. <laughs> Very few of them did. So. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> I asked a, um, I asked a, I took a woman's studies class and um, I, I feel really opened up my mind and I asked, like, I was like, so is chivalry weird? Like, is that like not okay? Like that concept? Um, and the teacher and several other people chimed in as well. They were like, it's not weird if you don't fucking make it weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, if you don't make it your whole thing, like, you can open the door for a woman and not have it be weird. But if you make your whole, like, thing about, like, no, I must open the door for women because they can't do it themselves or something, then it's weird. Then it's weird. So if you were just trying to be polite and just, you know, be a gentleman, I don't think there's anything weird about that. I had an encounter with my coworker uh, who went on kind of a, a mini rant about um, sexual harassment in the workplace and said the classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, boomer line of it just feels like you can't even talk to a woman in the workplace anymore and I'm like yeah but because I, I was describing a a friend of mine who uh, I, I kind of casually said had gotten me too'd on Twitter and I was having to explain to the boomer what the me too movement was um, <laughs> and as I'm telling the story he's like oh it just seems like you can't even talk to anybody anymore and I'm like yeah but this dude like you know was aggressively doing X, Y, and Z. I don't want to get to the drama of this or for real personal reasons, but I was like, he was doing this, this and that and the other. And he's like, oh, well, that's not acceptable. And I'm like, yeah, but you couldn't, you wouldn't do this in the workplace. And I'm like, oh no, absolutely not. And I'm like, so. <laughs> so you can, you would be able to what? talk to women. Just so, don't do all of those horrible yeah, things. Yeah. So what exactly are you saying you can't do? Like, I mean, I just give me the list of things that you, fe- that you feel the need to do in a workplace and that just can't because of Twitter or because of the internet. Yeah. Like, please tell me what these things are. It's so weird, dude. It's so fucking strange. It's very weird. It's very strange. Anyway, um, so I do apologize for being a hater. Uh, <laughs> to tighten it back up on that. I don't know what I was... I had a bit. I had planned a bit, but then I kind of <laughs> forgot what it was. <laughs> then, you, then you got here and you were out of breath and out of bits. It wasn't enough oxygen getting to my brain. <laughs> my uh, unshaped body was jogging for a second. Can I tell you about the new video game I've been playing? Oh, sure. And then I'll tell you about a game. I've been playing uh, Hardship... No, wait. Hard Space Shipbreaker. Uh, All right. First person game. 
you sign up to work at this corporation. Uh, there's a there's a weird bit about them taking all of your genetic code so that they can rebuild you every time you die, which I guess is just right. just like an in game reason for you to, like continuing to live, right? Um, video games gotcha. really need, feel the need to do this nowadays, and I'm like, I can just die yeah. and restart. Like I told, yeah, I can just die. It's, it's just a video game. Like you guys don't have to do all of this. Uh, but you, the, your job is to uh, scavenge, or not scavenge, I guess, but to salvage spaceships. Uh, so you're floating around this bay. Uh, there's a furnace, and then there's like a processing unit, and then there's like a, a barge at the bottom. And you're like pulling off pieces of spaceships and sending them to the appropriate place with your little gravity gun. You got a gravity gun, you got a little cutter. Um, and each each little spaceship uh, is like a little kind of puzzle box type situation. Mm. So like at first it's just like, hey, you cut off this piece and you grab it, you throw it over there and it's good. Or like, oh, this piece is too big. Maybe you have to find like the weak points and then cut it in the middle and then you send the two pieces over there and then, oh, hey, here's a tether. So now that you can you can chain things together so that you don't have to work as hard getting all of the pieces to the appropriate spot, right? Um, yeah. Or maybe like there's atmosphere and if you break open this cabin with atmosphere, there's an explosion. Uh, or maybe you accidentally, not that I'm I'm saying I did this, hit a fuel tank with the cutter and blow <laughs> half of the spaceship up on mis- by mistake. <laughs> um, but I'm looking at I'm looking at images of this. This is an interesting looking game. Yeah, it's 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 really neat. It came out on Game Pass, so it was like free. So I just uh, you know downloaded it. I had no idea what it was about. I just saw, watched like 10 seconds of the trailer and was like, okay, sure, whatever. Um, but I am like, dude, I am addicted to this. Like, it really does wow. scratch that like puzzle box kind of kind of itch in my brain where I just I I, I just spend like. I'm probably spending like I'm probably playing this for way too long. Like I'm sure there's people online that can like dismember a ship in five minutes flat or whatever. But I'm spending like yeah, but that, 45 just, minutes to an hour it. just like carefully, you know, m- making sure that I get all of the outside pieces first, tearing off all of the individual like door panels so I can get extra credits and all this other stuff, dude. I'm going all in on it. It's so much fun. When you, I think it's always a good sign for a game when you Google it. And so right, I Googled it and I I see six out of ten IGN review, but nine out of ten on Steam. And I got, I mean, I have nothing against IGN. I don't give a shit about any of that. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just like, okay, like the mainstream like video game reviewer might not be super impressed by this. But then you look at the people who are like into this shit. And they're fucking into <laughs> it. And they fucking it. love it. Yeah. That's, I, love, I love seeing that stuff. Just people going like ape shit over a super niche game. It's got a, it's got a little bit of a plot. Um, so like, you know, we, one of the one of the characters in the game was like, hey, do you want to join my union? And then all of a sudden we got like a, a company blast of, we're coming to the local establishments to investigate unionizing behavior and all that kind of oh. stuff. So there's like a plot and it's I'm sure it's about capitalism and how capitalism is bad and all this other kind of, I, I, for me, what feels like pretty standard like sci-fi tropes yeah, and, and yeah, nowadays. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know, like I, I just, the, the core gameplay, like I don't even care about the plot whatsoever. Like I'm just in it to take apart these ships and, I've seen that they're eventually going to give me like demolition charges. <laughs> mm. um, so now that some of the ships are coming up powered, so I have to be careful. Like I have to maybe sneak Ooh. around the sides and like depower Ooh. them before I can. Uh, before you could drop demolition before, charges. Before, before I can, you know, take pieces off of the thing. Uh, yeah. So it's just real interesting. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just really. I don't know. I'm, dude, I'm just digging it. Like I, again, I, f- oh, yeah. I feel like I could definitely, like probably play this a lot faster right yeah. but i i just well, i spent 90 minutes on a ship dude like i just was like it was a big ship it was worth 17 million credits i was like i'm just gonna make yeah, sure i get every i'm gonna ring every drop out of it 
I bet you were focused on it the whole time and like enjoying the hell out of it. Because it's not like you know you play a game that makes you want to check your phone or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that that sounds that sounds like it's good. I will say um, if people are interested, uh, at the very beginning of the game, it'll give you the option of like what difficulty you want to do, and the top two difficulties are locked. The medium one uh, it gives you. Or like the normal difficulty gives you, uh, or forces you to refill your oxygen on a regular basis, and it sets a time limit for your shift. So for like the time that you can work. So I played like four or five missions, I guess is what you call them. I broke down four or five ships with in that difficulty, and then like just the all the oxygen thing is is like, oh, my oxygen meter is out. I have to float over there and buy oxygen and then float back to do what I was doing. So it added nothing to the game for me. Like there wasn't, and if you yeah. if you damage yourself, like if you fuck up your helmet, then like your oxygen will still leak out like so i feel like the stress level is enough and then the the shift thing was just like oh you only get 10 minutes at a time and then they force you to like go to sleep and wake up and continue and i'm like well it's just it was just an interruption in like the fun so i just put it on the easiest difficulty having a blast i had to restart the entire game to do it didn't mind at all (laughs) just restarted it at the beginning having much more fun now so yeah, that's such a weird difficulty thing, but it sounds like it'd be a better experience. I mean, I guess maybe once you get like super, super hardcore into it, you might be like, yeah, I want the time constraints. I want things to be hard. Yeah, um, I, I, I feel like there's, with these kind of games, like there's definitely like two approaches to it. And there's like, I want mm-hmm. to relax and like slowly pick this apart and like treat it like a puzzle. Or I want to show the world that I am the best at this. So I'm going to go hardcore yeah. with it. And that's how I shifted eventually with the long dark. When I yeah, yeah. originally started playing that, I would always like die on like the first or second day. I'd freeze to death, get lost in the snow. Something would happen, you know? Uh, and then I got to a point where the normal difficulty, it just it ends up getting really boring. Like you always have that first burst right at the beginning. Like when you start off, you don't know where you are. You got to scrounge for food and supplies, find some shelter. And then you get like, a, you know, an hour or so of like really strong gameplay because it's so frantic to stay alive. And then after that, it can really slow down. And that game has its ups and downs. It's just, it, you know, it is what you make of it. But now I typically will play it on the hardest difficulty just because I want to constantly have that thrill. Unfortunately, that means that I constantly lose <laughs> and then have to start over because if you die, you know, it's permadeath. Um, yeah, that would be really but frustrating, I finished, but I can, I can see that. I, yeah, I finished Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Woo! It took... Four years? 85 hours. 85 <laughs> hours over two months, which is, like, pr- like pretty good, I think, uh-huh. for my... My brain, because it took me over two years to beat Xenoblade Chronicles two, and that was only seventy hours. So I beat a really long game, as you saw in the Discord a couple weeks ago. I complained very heavily about the final boss because there's you can skip the cutscenes in this game, but the cutscenes that play during the final boss are like in-engine um, battle cutscenes. Like it's in the battle engine yeah. that it plays all this stuff, so you can't skip it because you just you can't do that during battle. Uh, and I don't think it's a particularly difficult fight. It's you know it's the final boss, but it's nothing that you like you wouldn't be prepared for. But I I just I fucked something up right at the the very last second. You know my healer went down, and without your healers, you can't bring anybody back to life. So I you know it was a losing battle. Ended up having to do it twice, and it was really frustrating to have to to watch all the cutscenes again. And even more frustrating when I did it my third attempt and realized that I was about thirty seconds away from victory essentially so that was really frustrating but all that being said i enjoyed the ending so much that i almost forgot how mad i was which is which is great which is great they really had fucking improved that um, they really nailed it they really nailed it because this again that second game took me so fucking long to get through because it was so slow and boring and now i'm just messing around in the post game stuff just exploring everything that i kind of like rushed over the first time around um and it's been really enjoyable what has also been really enjoyable is um after having like one or two beers 
on a given evening, Uh-oh. firing up Yakuza Zero and just fucking getting into it. It has become like my favorite. I don't. I've never had like a beer game, but it's like that's like my favorite thing to do now. It's like, oh, I've had, I've had one or two. Beers Welcome the, uh... to alcoholism. <laughs> yeah, yes, <Uh-oh>. seriously. <laughs> um, well, well, actually, well, that's this means that I only play it like one or two nights a week. But uh, it's it's everyone loves Yakuza Zero. Yeah. I've played mm-hmm. two of the other games in the series. I played one and two, but I ne- I hadn't played zero, and uh, so I've gone back to that because I'm trying to you know get back into it or whatever. And everything you see online is always so goofy for these games that I forget that they actually do have like somewhat serious stories. <laughs> so I've been getting like heavily invested into all that, and then you know stopping to do a dance competition or whatever. Um, it's been a lot of fun. So your um your story about getting frustrated at the final boss. Uh, I was taking apart one of those ships. And uh, one of like the panels on the side was this huge panel, so I can't like pull it with my gravity gun. I have to like attach two tethers and then like have it move to where it needs to go. Uh, but it's U-shaped, uh, and somehow or another, it got caught. Like if you picture like two um, like hangers side by side with like a middle piece, right? And it has to go to the left hanger, uh, but it gets caught on the piece, and it's just a like it just gets caught. Like I can't move it. Mm-hmm. Could not for the like the physics engine. Something happened where it was just attached permanently. Oh. Was trying to pull it off. I literally like took apart the entire ship, and then I had the idea of like, oh wait, I bet the ship is heavier than that part, so I could attach the tether to the ship and it'll pull it off. No, no, pulled the entire fucking ship over there. Made it so much harder. <laughs> <It was> really <laughs> frustrating. It ended up taking the entire ship apart and like getting ninety six percent or something of salvage and was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm just I don't care. I, like I, I win. I'm yeah. just gonna leave it in the fucking base. See you later. Yeah. Video Did you games. end up checking out that game Potion Permit? No. What is that? Is that the? Oh, that's the. Uh, I think you sent that to me. I can't remember. Is that the one where you like uh, you do the little RPG thing and you like it's like a yeah it's it's like Stardew Valley but you make potions and, and you um, like help fix sick people at the at, back at the village or whatever yes, yeah yeah yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, I saw the um, link on PlayStation but I, I didn't I didn't play it no. Uh, Jess started playing it and she's super into it right now. Oh really? And, um, this is it's a rare experience where she because she eventually bought it. It looks like Stardew Valley. She played it for a few minutes and was like, this was a waste of money. I'm not feeling this. I'm not vibing. And then she just got quiet for a while. Uh oh. <laughs> and then the next thing I know, it's been four hours and she's been playing this game nonstop. What you described, you when you when you make potions, like with mini games for like everything that you do, so mm-hmm. it's not just like a passive thing where you, you know, you know, drop a potion on a guy and heal him. Uh, you have to craft them by like solving like a little like Tetris puzzle. That's the only way I can describe it. What you were just describing reminded me of that. Um, but yeah, it seems like a pretty interesting game. Haven't played it myself, but um, um, worth checking out, I guess. I feel like she would be a good candidate for a, uh, a, a, a Steam Deck. Like, I feel like yes, anybody, definitely, like, definitely. having weird indie games like that would be, like, or, and the ability to, like, mod The Sims on the go would probably be really valuable for her. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'd never see her again. <laughs> She's done. But she would because it's She's a Steam done. Deck, so she could just play it in the bed with it's you. True. Play yeah, it on the couch that's true. with you. That's yeah. true. That's true. I think Good what point. you meant to say is you would never talk to her again. She would never talk to you sure, again. Sure, sure, yeah, sure, yeah. sure, 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 sure. She'd be like, babe, quiet. Just shut up. I'm crafting. playing video games. Uh, you want to you talk about Merlin? Um, yeah, let's do it. Berlin, 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 Berlin. I'm begging of you, please don't tip my king. Berlin, 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 Berlin. Is it more gonna your type of thing? Your magic is. 
from me. 